0: What is going on, everyone? Isaac Mashrin here. I'm your host, and you are now listening to episode 14 of the Hustler's Choice Podcast featuring a good friend of mine and a local artist based out of Bakersfield, California, Ness Julius. Now, for those of you who may not know, I was living in Bakersfield for about two and a half months, and I had the opportunity to connect with a lot of great people, and Ness is one of the individuals who I met, and we just had really good energy. You know, whenever you meet a person and you get positive vibes, you get positive energy, whatever you want to call it, not to sound cliche or any of that BS, but I just got nothing but good vibes from Ness. And, uh, you know, he hit me up and he's like, you know, I have an upcoming EP that's coming out and I would really love to, you know, promote it. And I was like, I can respect that hustle. You have really great music in the first place. You're a friend of mine. So come on. So we talked for about an hour and a half. It's a really great interview. I understand it is a little long, but there's nothing but value that we discussed. So make sure to break it up into a couple sessions if you need to, but I don't want you to miss one second of the things we talked about. Uh, With that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and be quiet and let you dive in so enjoy and I would also love to get your thoughts so make sure after you're done listening or even as you're listening tweet at me tweet at Isaac Mashman and let me know your thoughts your opinion means the world to me and at the very end also if you got any ounce of value rate review and subscribe so happy and grateful for each and every one of you listening to this and enjoy What is going on everyone, Isaac Mashman here and you are now listening to episode 14 of the Hustler's Choice Podcast and today I have a very special guest here next to me, his name is Ness Julius and he is a local artist, rapper, a variety of different things, an entrepreneur, a business owner from Bakersfield, California, one of the 661's greatest artists in my opinion, Um, you know, I hit him up the other day, he hit me up about doing this podcast, I'm super excited about this, so Ness, I don't want to steal anything,
1: so can you go and introduce yourself? (laughs) Well. How's it going, everybody? I'm Ness Julius, and like you said, I'm an artist based out of Bakersfield, California. Um, you know, I don't really put myself in a box. I make all different types of music. I make music on like what I feel, and um, yeah, I'm also a business owner. I own a own a company, own a clothing brand. It's in the it's in the works right now. We're gonna come out with material very soon, so be on the lookout for that. But um, yeah.
0: All right. That's what's up. That's what's up. So um, we, we got connected through a, I guess now a mutual friend, but at the time, uh, yep. Young Spitta, actually episode 12 of the twelve of the podcast was with uh, Young Spitta and he dropped his, his EP, A Short But True Story. Um, since then, that's been doing great. Uh, but I was riding in the car with him. It was actually, I think it might've been that night or it, it was like a week prior and I was at his house and we were going and he put on uh, an artist. And it was Ness Julius, you know, mm-hmm. no, none the other. And awesome. I was like, yo, this music is really dope. And I, I reached out to you. I posted it on my story. I was like, I'm, I'm going to connect with him. And then fast forward three days later, I was like, hey, Ness, let's go ahead, hang out, um, you know, connect and, and get to know one another, you know, on, on a business level, on, nice. on, a, on a friend level. Wow. And yeah, it, it's, it's really crazy to think about it. And, uh, you know, I ended up telling Andrew, I was like, hey, Andrew, like, Ness is at the crib right now, and got (laughs) got on a Facetime, and then since then put y'all in contact. But man, it's it's crazy, and and speaks about the power of the internet. But man, um, we went into this podcast with no questions, no exact direction. All I know is that we're going to talk and talk about a whole variety of different things, a whole lot of value, and uh, something got to try to emphasize with the podcast is you know trying to give value to the listener because I feel like every single person has a different experience, a different hustle, something that they've been through that can serve as a lesson to another person. So. Um, Man, tell tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I know that you're you're from
1: Bakersfield, so yeah, uh, Bakersfield. I was I was born. I was actually born in Texas, but I don't remember it. So I like to say that I was I was raised here because I came here when I was two years old. Um, My family they were real. uh, They they came here from the island, so they didn't really know anybody. So uh, growing up, I remember I didn't really have that many friends. I didn't get that many friends until like I transitioned to middle school and I remember like my first little taste of music was really through my dad because my dad would play calypso music and he would have me like dancing to it in his arms when I was little and um to fall asleep my mom would actually play country music. And so when she would play country music, I used to get I got familiar with Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Toby Keith, Reba, like, you know, the country music legends, and uh, yeah, I used to actually fall asleep to country music. No way, really? Yeah, and um, honestly, I credit that a lot to, like, my love for melodies, because country music taught me, like, you know, melodies, because melodies are apparent in the majority of country music, Mm -hmm. with the guitar and everything, so... Yeah, ever since that, I just fell in love with melodies. Melodies transitioned to me loving R&B and thus becoming an R&B artist. So, I mean, I got to give a lot of the credit to my parents, whether they like to acknowledge it or not. They may not have even realized they were doing it, right. but they had a major impact on, on who I am as an artist.
0: Wow. So so because of your experiences as a kid, now looking back and, and doing some self-reflection and reflection, you realize just how big of an impact your music served. You know and, and to fall asleep to country music too. out out of all things country you know that yeah. <laughs> country is like that one genre that people i feel like people underestimate because country Definitely. really has a lot of influences Definitely. and now um it's funny that we're mentioning this uh you, you know think about little nas he blew up yeah. because he took country and combined it with hip-hop and did something that's really never been done before exactly. and everyone was like oh like this is this is groundbreaking yeah, this is exactly. interesting
1: he i would like to say that he pretty much opened doors for A lot of these up and coming artists, you know, Um, because being a hip hop act in today's genre and to in today's age of music is is a stigma that comes with it, especially with, you know, the whole SoundCloud rap. Mm -hmm. I think that um, it's a bit unfair, you know, to people that actually do come up on that platform. But um, nonetheless, that's one of the things that you got to expect, you know, in today's in today's uh, society is just like if you're going to come up off of that, you know, there's a stigma that comes with SoundCloud rap.
0: Right. And that's yeah. something that you've, you've tried to stay away from a little bit, right? Like, like yeah. a little bit more, more of the professional route because your sound, um, you know, if any of you, you guys should definitely check out his music, Nest Julius on all platforms. But whenever you listen to, to his music and whenever I first listened to your music, I was like, you're extremely developed. You have a very professional sound that a lot of, a lot it, of artists bro. don't have. Yeah. yeah, of course. It's, it's all love. And. You know, it's unfortunate that there is that stigma behind SoundCloud because I've listened to a lot of artists on SoundCloud who are extremely talented, just as talented as any of the people who are out right now. Mm -hmm. And for there to be like a stigma on a a come up, like a come up is a come up. A come up is a come up. You know what I'm saying? It's like they had to put in the work. They had to upload. And and that talks to a whole variety of different things. I I already know that this could branch off into so many different conversations.
1: Um, Real quick, though, uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed on SoundCloud is uh, how many international acts there is. And you know, I don't know how how the music scene is out in the UK or in anywhere else, but I noticed that a lot of numbers are behind those artists, like a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those are their like you know their most popular platforms out there, but you know, here in the states, you know, SoundCloud rap gets a bad uh, gets a bad rep, but out there in the UK, I'm seeing you know artists with like 50 million plays, artists with like you know hundreds of thousands of plays and it's like dang you know it's and it's kind of different because just looking at it from an outsider's perspective you can definitely see that there's a lot more support for their you know local acts overseas and i just in a way i kind of feel like you know if we had that same amount of support we could have put on so much like so much more acts that then that's already out but unfortunately that's not always the case um but um I would definitely love to see that change in the future like if we support our locals you know who knows you can you can have the next big thing just Mm -hmm. waiting to pop off in your own city right well and and the
0: great thing too is now with the internet and being in the 21st century is you don't need to be you know you don't you don't need to blow up in your own city you can blow up and and you, you can literally right now overnight Someone in Dayton, Ohio, could be listening to this, and next thing you know, you know, you have a listener in Dayton. That one listener grows yeah. to another listener to another listener, and um, but but you you bring up a very good point of local talent, of local artists, and being out in Bakersfield, I've been in Bako now for going on almost three months, um, for about two and a half months, and then I'm flying out this upcoming week. And something that I've realized is there is such a great music scene, and there are so many different artists that don't even know other artists, yeah. you know, and that's why I've kind of been like behind the scenes, kind of like who can I connect with who, and I'm like. The way I see it is there's so much opportunity. There's so much, you know, if you want to, if you want to talk about money, you can make a lot of money together in music. And there's just so many things. Like why do people have such a, a scarcity mindset? And when it comes to music by collaborating and working together, that's how people come up. You think about little pump, little pump and smoker perp, you know, all the different artists, you know, they, they came up together. Yeah. Um, and man, you bring up a good, good point about like the music scene over in, over in the UK. I feel like a lot of people feel like rap is only, only here. When in reality, it's it's deeper. It has yeah, a deeper root. It's way deeper.
1: You know, they got grime out in UK, which is crazy. Oh, man. That's, yeah. Yeah. I actually. This, no, go ahead. No, to this day, I just, like, to this day, I've, I've really started um, to develop a true, genuine love for UK music, not even just UK rap, just all of the the European culture and just overseas how they, how they make their music. It's really interesting and it's really inspiring um, because they take a lot from what we do. Like I know years, years ago, it's no longer like that because you know, the UK developed grind, but I know years ago um, the UK was closely looking at what we were doing with rap and they were following it, but now they're starting to, you know, develop their own sound, which I think is just amazing how someone could be inspired by us but now develop their own sound and it's it's almost like um growing up as an artist you know you're watching your favorite rapper or your favorite singer perform on stages and you get inspired by them and you develop a sound so it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to see that and how they've transitioned into what they are now it's it's really dope to this day i just i would love to work with um the UK Act. That's my goal on my next project. My
0: do, you have, do you have anyone like specifically that you really want to to talk about or work with or who?
1: There's one in particular. His name is um, Bakar. I've reached out to his camp. I've um, heard of him? Yeah, he's he's really dope. I love his music, um, Bakar. If you're listening or if you plan on listening, please hit me up. Email me. I'm trying to work. <laughs> but um, no, de- definitely him for yeah. sure. Um, I've been a fan of FK Twigs for going on like three years now. Okay, she's like amazing to me. Um, Georgia Smith, there's I I could go on, but my love for for UK, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely apparent.
0: Now now you you mentioned briefly influences. Now growing up, you listened to country music a lot. Uh, you you said like you know tim mcgraw faith hill you know growing up i personally loved love country music over the past couple of years not so much i've kind of transitioned yeah. to you know <laughs> i went through like country music when i was like a, a sweet innocent child and then i went through that that emo phase and did like a whole bunch of like <laughs> hardcore screamo music this is something that I, haven't, I haven't talked about publicly to many people
1: <laughs> <Raw XD. laughs>
0: yeah, literally man and just oh man that, that was some crazy crazy times and then from there i've kind of transitioned to hip-hop hip-hop has always been like a from middle school and high school, especially at the beginning years of high school. And, and part of the reason that is because growing up, my parents were like, hip hop is trash. Like they're like, <laughs> rap is rap is crap. And that's something they always told me. And I was like, I was the type of kid to where if you told me to go left, I would go right. And because they told me not to listen to hip hop and not to listen to rap, that's all the more reason why I did, because I was like, this is unexplored territory. I want to, I want to figure it out. Exactly. And so, you know, I, I personally, I've been influenced by a lot of people like Rick Ross is an entrepreneur. You know there are lessons to be learned. Like Nipsey Hussle, for example, I've taken a lot from him and what he did. Um, You know, a lot from Drake and just his overall marketing capabilities and stuff. But for you as an artist,
1: what are some of your influences? Ooh, I have a lot. Okay. (laughs) Um, But some of my influences stem from Drake, of course. Okay. um, Party Next Door, Young Thug, um, and Frank Ocean. And this is going to be like a, odd one but uh beach house the alternative group um, okay what is, what is their number one song i feel like i know who you're
0: talking about but
1: um they uh, how i got put on the beach house was uh i don't know if you've ever heard of that show uh, rhythm roulette no uh, okay so rhythm roulette is essentially it's a show where producers will blindfold themselves and they'll go into a record store and they'll pick three random records and they have, I think it's an hour, yeah, they have an hour to flip those three records, sample them, and make a beat out of it, and um, I don't know if it was on one of the episodes, but um, I think it's run by Mass Appeal, and Mass Appeal is Nas's uh, company. It's now Nas's record label. She didn't know that. Yeah, and so it's run through Mass Appeal, and Mass Appeal did this episode where they had a sit-down with DJ Dahi, and DJ Dahi um, broke down. He broke down a beat, um, from Kendrick Lamar's project, uh, Good Kid, M.A.D. City. Okay, fantastic and, uh, project. If you're familiar with the song "Money Trees," that's the one that he worked on, and that's the one that he broke down. And um, the sample that they used in "Money Trees" was a Beach House song. I don't necessarily remember the name of the song, but I I, I do remember that he said it was a Beach House song, and um, he expressed his love for Beach House and how like. You know, they were just this, this dope group. Um, at the time, I know most producers like to sample things from the 60s and the 70s. Their music, I, like, I wasn't familiar with alternative music at all. So, mind you, at the time when I heard it, I'm thinking Beach House is, like, this group from the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> like but, the Beach Boys, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what, yeah. That's immediately what I thought. But then I look up Beach House, and they're, like, they're still making music to this day. And I'm like, oh, snap, you know? Let me check them out. Mm-hmm. And, um that was like my first experience with alternative music and i just fell in love with it and literally so so i know that we, we were having
0: conversations before and it's like your influences are all over the place it's not just it's not hip hop
1: it's it's especially every, it's not, everything yeah.
0: yeah and and i feel like a lot of people you know andrew and i also talked about this guys the one thing that you're going to notice is the things that I talked with Andrew about on episode 12 are very similar to the things that Ness and I are talking about because they're so close to one another. You know, you, you, you had what, like a three hour conversation with Andrew the other day. Yeah. Like that, that's crazy. You you can't have that type of conversation with many people.
1: And, um, and what I was telling them is, uh, you know, over the years I kind of developed, uh, a love for just networking because, um, that's basically what we did. You know, we linked up, we didn't necessarily make music. We just, Talked about music. Talked about our influences. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about our creative process. Um, talked about our, our like individual artistic visions. Yeah. And you know, I left that conversation fully inspired. You know, I didn't necessarily have to make music, but it was just the fact that I was able to sit down with someone and creatively share my thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was it was pretty dope.
0: I feel like a lot of people think that just because there's so many, different, it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. With, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's such a saturated thing. When it comes to music, it, you can easily put artist, musician, rapper in your bio. You could do that. And I feel like a lot of people, because of that, automatically assume that it, all it takes is you write down a couple of rhymes on, piece of, uh, on a piece of paper, and next thing you know, you're a rapper. When in reality, <laughs> there's just so many different elements that go into that. Can you speak a little bit more about like the process about behind that and the process from like how you originally started to where you are today when it comes to what it takes to, okay. to produce a song.
1: Got you. Um, honestly, I'm like the perfect person to ask because my transition was crazy. Let's hear it. Um, when I first started actually recording music, it wasn't even singing. I was literally rapping because um, my older brother, he, was, um, he would make music for fun. And he had a friend who had a studio And I remember uh, one night he came home with, uh, it was him and my cousin and a couple of his buddies. And uh, he came home with his song on a CD. And, um, you know, he played it. And I was like, yo, this is you? This is you? Like, actually, on the song, he's like, yeah, that's me. And he was rapping. Um, It was the best shit in the world to me, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I looked up to him. And ever since then, like, I, like, I thought that was so cool, and that made me want to write raps. Um, it's just that he was he was more so very very influenced by um, the Bay Area music, okay. And he was real real heavy on Mac Dre, um, real heavy on Messy Marv. Um, so he would make music like that, and it was like gang rap almost, and which is what my parents immediately associated all rap with was. The gang culture. Yeah. And uh, that's why it was frowned upon in my household. Man, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> my parents were the same thing. And I'm like, looking back now, I was like, you didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it was gang wow. rap. And um, I, I seen that. I heard that. And I was like, you know what? This is cool. This is like, this is, this is the thing. So let me get on this. And so I started writing raps. You know, every day I would work on it. And just trying to impress my older brother, and then it got to a point one day where I was in my room and I was just freestyling by myself, and I didn't know he was home, and he just like cracked his head through my door and he recorded me. And when he recorded me, he played it for his uh his producer, and then his producer gave me feedback and was like, "This has super potential." I think I was only like eleven. Oh wow! Yeah,
0: were you looking up to your brother like trying to impress him almost as like a, as competition? Or just trying to be like, you you had, like, was your older brother such an influence to you to where you're like, I want to be like him? Was that kind of where it was coming from? Not so much like I'm trying to be better than him, but I would like to be like him. Yeah, it was more so like
1: uh, about acceptance because in his eyes, you know, that was like almost like another father figure. So I was just like, you know, if he thinks this is cool, then that's all that matters to me because I'm trying to be like him. Okay. Um, And he really encouraged me. He really did encourage me to keep doing it. And, um, you know, I, so I kept doing it. It wasn't something that I was fully confident in because I wasn't doing it. Um, I, I wasn't doing it as my main focus at the time because I was still playing sports. I was mm-hmm. still being a kid, you know. Um, I didn't really start taking it serious until I was like 15, until I got in high school. And that's when I really started to develop my um, my approach to it. I was still taking a rapper's approach, though. Like, still. I still love to sing. I was in choir and chorus, but I didn't know how to implement that in my own music. And, um, it didn't take me until almost after high school. So like midway, I would probably say like the beginning of my senior year is when I started actually producing, producing my own beats and recording myself. Cause I had, I got a studio set up in my room with the help of my parents. Okay. They, they helped fund it. And, um, that getting my own studio is what really helped me develop and then I started getting comfortable with my singing voice and 18 19 I fully transitioned into being a rap and singer and how old are you right now right now I'm 20 20 okay yeah so I'll be I'll be 21 in um, in January of wow. 2020 yeah um yeah and so eventually that helped me transition and I ended up getting more and more comfortable with my singing voice. And now here I am. I, would, I don't necessarily consider myself like a singer or a rapper. I always like to say I'm just a pop artist because okay. I, I like to make like trendy music. But also I like to keep it, keep it true to myself.
0: I'm really, I'm really starting to refer to a lot of people as artists <laughs> rather than rappers because, you know, it's just deeper. It's deeper. You know, you're doing yeah. a variety of different things. You're, you're able to rap, but you're also able to sing. You're able to do things with your voice that a normal rapper wouldn't be able to do you know there's some people who just have like one 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 flow and just stick to that and now I want want to take a step back and you mentioned your parents um, and how they how they helped fund you getting that studio so are your parents like supportive of you when it comes to this music or is it has it kind of like changed or talk talk to us about that
1: um okay so right now they're in the middle they support me, but at the same time they're not they don't fully understand it just yet okay. because the problem with, with the music industry and like, you know, I think we've talked about this is it's high risk. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, it's what, what you put in is what you get out. Absolutely. Um, and starting up from the ground up, you have to make a lot of investments and um, you know, being on this side of it, you know, we, we totally get that, but on um, there's, and their side, you know, they're, they're not they're outside looking. They see in. all the
0: risks, but they, they, they really see can't the see the reward.
1: They can't see reward and they can't see potential.
0: Mm. And that's yeah, short term versus long term vision. And a lot right. of people a lot of people view different things that they're not involved with through almost like a jaded view, a jaded eye.
1: Yeah. And like my dad literally told me, he was just like, you know, as much as I support him through this, you know, I would much rather him have his focus towards something more realistic, you okay. know? And, um, in a sense, I mean, I, I kind of felt like I was being looked down upon, but at the same time, you know, it kind of motivated me to just keep going because it's like, okay, let me just keep, I just got to keep at it because eventually it's going to get to that point where, and you'll show them. Yeah. When I, when I'll show them. And, you know, when that day comes, they're gonna be standing there with mouths open wide in full shock, but you know, that's if that's what it's, what it has to take then
0: Right. Man, I can I can relate to that on so many levels. Like in my own personal life, especially when it comes to, you know, not going to college and choosing that that route. Personally, wasn't for me. Like I I could have went to college for virtually virtually nothing, but I was like, you know what? It's it's the time investment that I really don't want to make. And I know looking back now that my parents, you know, they they didn't understand what I was doing. They're like, what the what what the hell are you doing? You went through you went through school. You got tremendously great grades. You know, you graduated all this stuff. And my my high school counselor was like what do you mean you're not going to college? And you know, he, 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 <laughs> I went to a school that was a charter school and it was like, it was ran by majority of Turkish people. Like, like it, it was Turkish people and fantastic people, fantastic administrators. I was super close with all of them. And I just remember like hearing, and they were just like looking at me in like a thick, heavy accent. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> and and um, man, I just looking looking back now, I'm glad that I didn't do that. And you, you mentioned how your parents, because they couldn't really see that it almost drove you to work harder. Yeah. And it drove you to do more. And that's, I'm, I, I see the same, man. I do the same exact thing. It definitely did.
1: Yeah. It definitely drove me to, to work a lot harder because it's like, okay, if you want to doubt me this much, now I got to work 10 times harder just to prove you wrong. Right. Or now I got to work 10 times harder just to show you. Like the perfect example of what opened my parents' eyes was, um, last summer. And, uh, well, yeah, this past summer, my one of my songs, um, "Easy Call," was played at um, at Zoomies in the Valley Plaza Mall. Okay. And my parents weren't present, but I was able—I wasn't even present. I was able to get it um, on on film or on do um, a snapshot, mm-hmm. and I screen recorded it and sent it to my mom. Like, mom, they're playing my song in Zoomies, and um, she went crazy like Man. immediately. She went, Man. she went nuts. I'm like, that's almost equivalent to getting it played on the radio. Very yeah, close. You absolutely. Know? <laughs> And in her eyes, you know, she's like, "Oh my God! Like, my son is actually getting played." Like, and so that that meant everything to them, and that meant everything mm-hmm. to me because now they see, they get it. You know, it, it's helping them understand it. I think with time, they'll they'll continue to understand it a bit more and see what can come out of it right. for sure.
0: You know, something something I really battled with along those lines was. I was so focused on proving my proving everyone wrong and myself right that I was almost obsessed with it and over the past couple of weeks especially because like being out in Bakersfield I got extremely out of my comfort zone and I've been able to hit some major major milestones in my own business and my own personal life and stuff like that and I've, over the past couple of weeks I'm like I've realized that there's no like, it's not about proving proving them wrong anymore. You know, like, I've already, I've already proved myself right and that this is possible. What is possible? Like, I'm starting to show. Like, I was on a phone call with my mom the other day. I was like, I closed my first, like, four-figure client. And I talked to her about that. And I feel like since then, like, she's starting to become a little bit more accepting of, like, I'm not going to college, but – you know my son is doing X, y and Z like he's doing these things he's making things happen um, and I feel like that's almost the same with you like now your music is taking off a little bit more. your parents are starting like they're still hesitant about it, but they're like,
1: oh for sure. okay
0: they're starting yeah. their, their eyes are starting to the, the prescription like take take yeah. a pair of glasses right before you needed a 2020 vision, but they are viewing it through like a 1414 prescription. <laughs> now it's like a 16 16 working its way up to a 2020 to you
1: 2020. know what I'm saying? Yeah. no point intended <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> yeah. man. Um. Yeah, I completely get you. You know, um, it's just you. It's like like you said, it's not necessarily about proving yourself wrong at this point. It's just about proving, like, uh, just like make it's like making a statement through your actions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you owe it to yourself. You just like because at the end of the day, you made that commitment, right? And like before you prove anyone else wrong, you just gotta you gotta make sure that you
0: um, you're in the right place. Yeah. Like, like with yourself, like, exactly. yeah, yeah, man. And it's, it's a risky, it's a risky business. It's yeah. Self-fulfillment. self-fulfillment. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, not making so many you know, not, not talking so much, but more so actually putting in the work. Exactly. And that's something I, I've taken a step back too. Like I'm working on a lot of things, but I haven't announced the things. And I'm like, I have to stop myself because I'm so excited about announcing. Like, yeah. like for you, man, you record a song, you immediately want to be like, I want to announce this to the world. Like I got this fire song,
1: but now you're starting to be like. And it's crazy that you mentioned that. Yeah. Because a year ago, like literally a year ago, I was recording a song a day for the span of like eight months straight. That's
0: unbelievable.
1: And depending on the quality of the song, Cause mind you, I'm not the I'm not the best engineer in the world. Like I know that my mixes sometimes sound crappy, but at the time I was literally mixing a song a day for like nine months straight. And um, depending on what I thought was good or not, I would literally upload it that same day. And I make cover art pretty fast, so I would record the song, you know, mix the song to a, to where it sounded well enough for my ears, and um, make the cover, and literally upload it the next day. To this day, I probably have, like, over 3,000 songs in my computer just just sitting there.
0: One day, you should just do something, like, crazy and just drop them all at once, man. It would be like <laughs> the JFK files.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the thing about when you make so many songs, a lot of songs I leave for reference. Okay. So, a lot of songs I'll come back to and, and I'll pull ideas from them and, you know, create new songs or... Um, a lot of songs, I'll have lyrics, but I'll have no beat. So whenever and, I get a yeah. cool beat, I can just attach that lyric to and it. And that's another
0: step of the creative process that people don't understand.
1: Exactly. It's not
0: you just get in the booth and you just record it one time. It's like you're, you're – well, I mean you can do that. There are some artists that do that. Can. But yeah. people who really respect their craft or people who really are like particular about their work. You know, there. don't get me wrong. Like Little Wayne or Juice WRLD, for example, we'll talk about Juice. Like Juice is – Capable of getting in the booth and he recorded his uh you know his most recent album in like a span of i think two weeks I think he said or like a week yeah. or something like that he freestyled almost the entire album now don't get me wrong the album isn't like ten out of ten but it, it's not the worst that that that's out there some artists are able to do that but other artists like for you example you have a very very mature sound because you're so particular about what yeah, you do
1: I'm super super particular um very choosy with my words I'm big on lyrics you know um because now, now that I like understand it more, I've very much so valued songwriting. Um, one of my favorite songwriters in the game right now is Stara. Stara's has penned so many hits for people. I've like never she, heard of her. She wrote. Um, she wrote "Fake Love" for Drake. Oh she really? Wrote, she wrote "Pick Up the Phone" for Travis Scott and Young Thug. Um, she wrote. Um, and those are
0: all top. You know, they're like yeah, number one songs,
1: man. They're on the charts. Wow. So and. Is that a goal of yours, to be, to be on definitely, the charts? Definitely. Definitely, to be on the charts. And um, not necessarily for my own music. I would love to write for somebody else and have that take off, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I love Party Next Door, because Party Next Door wrote work for Rihanna and didn't necessarily care about any personal gain, you know. I mean, he, he obviously received great residuals from it, but, you know, he wasn't, wasn't necessarily like...
0: You're not looking for the clout yeah, whenever you do that.
1: No. Cause that's not what it's about. At mm. the end of the day, it's about your love for the craft and just your love for music. Yeah.
0: I like that, I like that. And well hey. personally, like some of the work I'm doing, cause like I do personal branding work. Like that's been my, I've taken a step back because I was in the network marketing industry. I was, I, I did a bunch of different things. and I took a step back and I realized like, I've been really good at building up my own personal brand. So I'm going to work with these people, help them, guide them in the direction that they need to go in, lay down the foundation and have them build upon the foundation. Uh-huh. And I'm like, if these artists blow up or if these, because I've been working with a lot of artists and um i like if they blow up i'm not looking for them to be on stage at the grammys whenever they blow up and you know when when they're 20 grammys like drake and be like oh my god if it wasn't for isaac i wouldn't be here like i'm not looking for that i'm just yeah. i'm satisfied by knowing that i had a part in that dude like that's me you know i'm like i i like the feeling of knowing that i helped someone that i helped you know bring them and help like spark something in their career like i'm not looking for that like fame from it i'm not looking for any of that if that comes that comes but i've realized it's deeper it's it's so deeper man like you could a lot of people i i use this analogy of a tree right you think about different trees they have different root systems for an oak tree the oak tree is like it has a very wide it has a wide root system and they're more easily uprooted versus a tree that is you know goes 20 feet down in the in the ground you know what i'm saying it's like i would rather go go and like go deeper than spread myself too thin and like it's about focusing on what really matters exactly so, okay, that, that brings me to another point of what are you looking for? Are you looking for fame? Are you looking for influence? Or are you more so
1: just trying to make great music? Honestly, all of them. All of them? <laughs> you know, But in a very humble way. In a very, very humble way. Uh-huh. But um, like I said before, you know, I'm willing to be okay with having that influence because it's all about the legacy you leave. Facts, it's all about the legacy. Yes, yes I absolutely. mean, look at, look at Nipsey Hustle. Mm-hmm. Nipsey Hustle, It just It's unfortunate that he passed probably before he even got to his prime, you know. But what he did for his community and what he did in music and how he was able to leave a legacy mm-hmm. that's what really matters. Because 10 years from now, I guarantee you, we're still going to be talking about Nipsey Hustle, absolutely like 20 years from now. We're still going to be talking about Nipsey Hussle. You know, and, and I
0: was down in L.A. Um, back in July. Holy crap, I've been here forever. <laughs> no, it was, it was August, actually. But, man, it's kind of crazy to think back. Like, of, of I've already been in Baco for, for literally a six of a year. It's crazy. Um, but, but me and my buddy Victor were down in L.A. For, for a party. And we were walking along Venice Beach. And we just saw nothing but canvas arts of Nipsey. And, dude, I, I almost wanted – like, I was getting emotional. I was like, this is legacy. Like, that is powerful, powerful. to see, like, what – man, I, I agree. It is unfortunate. Like, I remember the day that, that I got, you know, the, of his passing and whatnot. Like, I, I broke down. I was like, what the, like, what the hell? Yeah,
1: and it's crazy because, you know, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a super fan by any means. Right. But, mind you, I got put on to his music when I was, like, still in high school. Oh, wow. My, my brother put me on to his music. And, ironically enough, we were in L.A. when he put me on. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just, in a sense, growing up listening to that and being at a certain age where now I'm starting to intake what he was saying because he was literally putting people on game about, you know, how to run their business and how to navigate themselves through the industry. The law of attraction too. He he talked about everything, yeah. And man, Nipsey really set the blueprint for for entrepreneurs, um, for businessmen, for, you know, people who want to be independent artists, for anybody that wants to have a brand and build something or not necessarily have a brand, but to put a, to have a stamp in your community and leave an impact. Like he just, he just had that in him to where he could literally be the voice of a generation. Right. And you know, Tupac always said that he's going to be, man, that's
0: such a powerful line, man. That, that line gives me chills every every time, every time I
1: hear it. Spark the voice of change. Right. And literally I think that maybe that was Nipsey or maybe Nipsey is just reiterating what Tupac said and maybe he's gonna be the spark of the next you know, right? So it's like It's all about the legacy. Yeah, it's all about the
0: legacy. man Legacy has been something that I've really been big on over the past couple of months And I, I don't know if I told you about it But I started up team legacy and team legacy is a Facebook group that I created um, when I was in that network marketing company um, I wanted to do a team name because we all have different teams for our downlines and stuff like that I was like team legacy because I was like there's team ambition. There's team X, Y, and Z, team supreme But I was like legacy, right? we're, we're trying in network marketing. You're trying to get other people to help make money. Um, and so I was like, we're playing for legacy. We're changing lives. We're going to, you know, be, you know, we're, we're helping people. Um, but I got out of the company. And I was like, that name is so powerful. I want, I want to like use that. And so I started up a Facebook group called Team Legacy. And it's basically a group for people to collaborate, to network, to ask questions, to give value. And my goal is to get it to the point to where, hey, I, Team Legacy, I'm in Chicago. Who else is in Chicago? And to be able to network with people within the team. That's amazing. And I have so many different ideas with that. But I've realized like just by bringing people together, you don't know how things can, can play out in the future, man. Like, I don't, you, and, you and Andrew could make a song that literally blows both of your careers up, dude that was the power of networking. That's legacy right there. And I'm like, I've started to realize too. It's like, what will I be remembered by? And for being 19, you're 20. I've, I've even started to think about recently of like, what type of father will I be? What, what will my kids think about me when I'm, when I'm literally about to die? Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking on such a deeper level of things that people don't think about until they're, they're already there.
1: Exactly. And you also got to think of like,
0: I mean, this is good. I'm, I'm really enjoying this.
1: I mean, yeah, we think about legacy, but And people, the the biggest thing about legacy is like people, they like to think about the future and they're like, you know, dang, I have to do this in the future. I have to do this. Well, what about now? Like, you know, you have to pay attention to who's looking now. Like, what can you do now to start that foundation? Absolutely. Or what can you do now to like, you know, literally build your legacy? Like you, you start here, you know, it's, it's never a wrong time to start and it's never too early to start. You just kind of, and even if you fail, it's okay. You know, you tried something, you failed, you know what not to do for next time, mm-hmm. you know? You so live and you learn. You live and you learn, literally. Yeah. So it's like, I just, I personally think that you shouldn't run from it. You should just embrace it.
0: hmm You know, one other thing that I really like to think about is like, you think about Biggie and Tupac. Have you looked at their numbers on, like their streaming numbers on Spotify?
1: Uh, no, actually I haven't, no.
0: Biggie, I, I checked it the other day. He has like 9 million right now, monthly. He's been dead for 20 years. That's legacy. That, but that, that also speaks about timeless music. That speaks about, you know, an impact and a deeper message and stuff like that. And sure. I know something that you like to do is you like to create music. You're not trying to create just songs, right? Go ahead and talk about that because I, I know you and Andrew have a very similar stance on this. Yeah. But, but go ahead and, and speak on what your opinion is.
1: So what's really crazy is that me and Andrew literally, like, agreed that we both make music about experiences that we've gone through, and um, a lot of the time, too, music is just so powerful that you end up speaking things into existence, mm-hmm. some good or some bad, but, um, you know, it's, it's so much easier to talk about things after you've gone through them, you know, with anything, even just having a conversation. I mean, you can definitely talk about, you know, a concert experience, you know, right after you've, you've gone to it, when it's fresh in your mind, so the music is the same way, it's almost like you're having a conversation with, with someone who you haven't met yet. I, that's what I like to think about music. Like that's how I like to think of it. Like you're talking to someone who you haven't met yet, who you are literally being a voice to. Like you're literally being somebody's voice. You know, someone who's afraid to speak, mm-hmm. or someone who is uh, too embarrassed to share that that happened to them. Um, so like the perfect person, like. That opened doors to me. That did that was Drake. I mean, Drake was very emotionally vulnerable, in a in a time where that was frowned upon in hip hop, and till this day, some people give Drake a lot of flack for it, others praise him for it. I right. mean, but at the end of the day, Drake right now is probably arguably the, the biggest artist you know in yeah. the world. So, you know, he's. <clears throat> That's that's the that's the main one of the main people I look at, you know, because he had that sense of vulnerability, that sense of truth, that sense of honesty, that stuff that authenticity
0: yeah. that a lot of artists don't have. Exactly. You know, it's not about just the glitz and glamour, it's not all about, you know, the the money, the cars, the fame, just the, the dope music. It's like a, it's a deeper meaning of like respecting the craft man.
1: And that is what separates songs from music. It's it's all based on feeling and emotion.
0: Feeling and emotion.
1: Okay, okay. I mean
0: that's almost like like for all the entrepreneurs listening too, like that's – if you think about it, there are a lot of people who just flash Lamborghinis and Ferraris on Instagram because they can. Um, they flash all the good times but they don't, don't show the bad times. Like I <laughs> – you know, we, we went ahead and just took like a, like a, a couple-minute break to – you know, bathroom, water break or whatever and I was, I was on YouTube so – Guys, if you're listening to this podcast, this is going to be live on YouTube as well. Um, actually, it's probably already been live or been up for a couple of days before, but I was literally talking to YouTube live and I was like, this is raw and unfiltered. This is behind the scenes. You know, I would much rather show me sleeping on the floor or sleeping on the floor of my homie's crib versus some like, oh, look at me on this yacht. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to show the process. And this process, man, is enjoyable. And and for you, you, you have come to enjoy the process. You've come to enjoy the journey. Exactly.
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean – At first, I'm not gonna lie. I was just like, "Dude, when is this gonna take off?" Like, at one point, do I start calling for my private jet or calling my (laughs) assistant? But um, I'm honestly enjoying every minute of this process um, because I have came in tune with myself. I've also been, you know, a lot more aware, and I've also became a um, a student of the game, Mm. and that's really important. Is you know your willingness to learn and take on new concepts and ideas, because these are all tools you can use along the way.
0: And it's, and you're a lifelong student. You there's no point to where you're you're graduated from life and like you know everything. Yeah, it, I truly it, there's always believe to learn. that
1: in life you'll you'll never stop learning because Absolutely. there's so many new ideas, there's so many new theories. You know, there's all these different books being written, and you know, no one makes the rules of life. You know, you just you learn and you you learn as you go and you live as you go. Yeah. So. Unfortunately,
0: however, some people do do stop learning, but that's that's by choice. They choose to stop learning Yes You know like like when it comes to reading like you don't have to read a book to learn something new But like the average American reads less than like I think two or three books a year stuff like that Like they they choose to not do an action and oftentimes they don't even realize that they're doing that But for me, I've become addicted to to knowledge dude Like I I want to learn more. I want to learn how I can get better. I want to learn how I can improve and you're the same exact way. Like it's you. You take constructive constructive criticism rather, and you
1: appreciate that. Am I right? Oh, I embrace it. You um, embrace to, it to the fullest. You know, if someone, and um, I can't remember what artist, what artist, uh, what artist said that, but they said that. I can't remember what artist. Uh, it's gonna bother me, but that artist in the interview said that he'll rather be in a room. 10 people who don't like his music versus 10 yes men.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Because the ten people that don't like your music will tell you exactly why they don't like your music and that will give you the ability to fix it.
0: Man. And that's that that's again, this is like a crossroad for, for conversation. Um, that talks about the people who you have in association, in, in your circle, right? The people you have around you. I would much rather have people tell me that I'm doing something wrong, that I'm going down the wrong path, that I'm not performing in the way that I should, versus a whole lot of people that would be like, "Dude, you're doing great!" Like, da 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 da. da. Like, what can I do better? You know what I'm
1: saying? Because at the end of the day, it's all about progression. Mm -hmm. It's about adaptation, but it's mainly about progression. You know? Um, Look at Kanye. Kanye's been making music for like almost like two decades, and it's still relevant to this day. And you can make the argument, well, oh, he's tailoring to a younger audience, but in order for him to adapt, he also had to progress.
0: Yeah. You, you and Andrew are the same, man. This <laughs> is freaky. This is freaky. Now, um, man, I know I, there, was, there was an experience the other day, and, and, and my buddy asked me about um, what I thought about his shirt. I'm not going mention, to mention his name or mention the clothing line, but he mentioned, like, hey, what do you, what, Isaac, like, what do you think about the shirt? And I was like, me and, me and another friend were like, To be honest, man, like it's not good. Like it's, uh, we didn't say it's trash, but we're like it's. It could definitely be better. This isn't something I would buy. I I wouldn't suggest even sell. Like this is not something that I would do. Um, and he took it almost as like we're being haters. And I was like, homie, you gotta understand that us giving you this advice right now, we're being your best friends. We're not hating on this. We're we're helping you. We're teaching you. We're like we're we're giving you our feedback on what you can do better, how you can do that. So if anything, we're the opposite. If we were to say that that's great and we know that it's not, one, we'd be haters and we'd also be the biggest snakes that you'd ever have in your life.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I truly believe that if you're allowing failure, it's it's like you're not helping at all, you know? I mean, there's like you said, there's a difference between being a hater and being someone who's offering assistance. Mm-hmm. You know, in that sense, you're offering assistance. Right. You know, you were telling them, you know... This might not be my taste, but here's what I think you can do to improve this. Yeah. Well, you know, this might not sell, but here's what you can do to make it sell, you know? You know,
0: yeah. And and he uh that one specific design he didn't get feedback from anyone else. And you know, I I, I was like, what? And so me personally, like I'm gonna be launching merchandise in the next couple of weeks, or depending on when this drops, like it, it might already be dropped, but I'm, I'm getting opinions. Like, I'm getting opinions from my people in my circle. I'm getting opinions from strangers. I'm getting opinions from everyone because I was like, I want to know what I'm doing. Like, I feel good about it myself. But it's one thing to, to see something through your own eyes or to listen to your own music. But it's another thing for another person to see it or That's another person hard. to listen.
1: That's huge. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, I was – I used to be that person where – I didn't like showing my music. I was very uncomfortable with mm-hmm. it. I wouldn't even record with people in the room at oh, a man, day. yeah. But um, I don't know what it was. I just uh, I just started getting more comfortable because I found out very early on that without constructive criticism, there's no room for improvement. So I needed that, and um, till this day, I'll if I record something that I'm iffy about, or if I have an idea for design, I always run it by two or three people. Um, I started targeting who I show my material to. I go for one person who I know will like it, two people who might have a different view, so that way if they don't like it, they'll be honest with me or at least tell me what they don't like about it.
0: That's great. That's great. So how – you mentioned that you've gotten more comfortable over time. Um, I, I know that there's a video on Twitter that I saw that was you and high – I think it was high school. Yeah. And you were freestyling. I was like, hey, okay, this, this is dope. Um, From that point and like now to where like you're you're recording and you're comfortable recording with other people, how did you get comfortable or did it just kinda come with time? Because I I can definitely relate, man, um to to starting out. Like I remember um doing my first face-to-face interview for my podcast. Like up until that point it was it was a phone call. And even my first phone call interview was like, uh like this is this is like out of my comfort zone. So how did you get more comfortable?
1: Oh Honestly, uh just being around other artists. Being around other artists, being around other people, uh, discussing art, discussing music, um, being in a room with people who are just creative thinkers, definitely instilled more confidence in myself. And also just studying the game and watching interviews, reading up on things. um,
0: Learning, it sounds like, right? It goes back to that that point. um,
1: And also surrounding myself with the right people.
0: Speak on that a little bit more
1: um, so uh, what I mean by surrounding myself with the right people um, so uh, a few years a few years back, I want to say like two I think two no three three years three years ago um, is when I first met um, an artist in town that goes by the name of Joe Maynard mm-hmm. and um, at the time I didn't know too many local artists you know i, I for for a long time, I thought I was like one of the only people in my city who even made music boy were you wrong <laughs> I, was, I was totally wrong. Yeah, um, but um But yeah, so uh, we you know, we um, we linked up and um, We literally linked up with the intention of making a song um, but that didn't necessarily happen because we just sat down and had a long conversation. You know, he put me on to what he was doing with, uh, with his company, um, which is Heavy Rain. It was Heavy Rain then and it's Heavy Rain now. And um, immediately, once I started showing him all the things that I was working on, he seen my creative process firsthand and he saw the potential right away. Um, and right then and there, I can't remember if it was that same day or if it was the next day. He texted me and he was like, "Yo." I need you on board. Like, I I want you on my team. He's like, because I feel like you can bring so much to the team, Mm. you know, with your creative vision, you know, you make covers, you can sing really well. um, You know how to use your voice as an instrument. He's like, I can really, I can really use you on the team. And um, the first time he brought it up to me, I declined the offer because um, I felt like I wasn't ready yet. I, I felt like I wasn't developed enough just yet. And also I was... I was um, real loyal and committed to um, this team I was on, um, Ghost Sound Records. You could say I was signed, but there was no real contract mm-hmm. involved, so it didn't really feel like it. But um, I was a part of that record label for about a year. Um, eventually, I parted ways with them. It was, um, it was a mutual thing, um, you know, I agreed. Uh, at the time, it was my go-to engineer. He's the one that brought me on but uh i just feel like they weren't necessarily contributing to anything valuable for me because um they were a startup company uh so they were they weren't in a better any better position that i was in so there wasn't anything i was doing on my own that they weren't doing right. you know, for me so
0: now look looking back now do you regret not going with like going with Maynard?
1: um uh no because eventually uh, i was going to get to that eventually okay, i okay. did like um i, I want to say like 3 months later I hit him up, it was after we made a song off of his tape, uh, off of his first mixtape, and um, yeah, I hit him up, and I'm like, hey, bro, I just, I just, like, ended my, ended my term with Go Sound, and I'm ready to go full on with Heavy Rain, and ever since then, you know, I've been a part of Heavy Rain, um, it became, like, a big family, we all support one another, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of potential, a lot of talent in that group, and, um, yeah, those are those are my brothers now, man. So it's right. like, you know, it's nothing but love. Um, me and uh, me and Joe, we gotten close over the years, um, and that's like a that's like a brother to me. You know, whenever I need advice or if I need to show somebody a song, you know, he's usually the first person in that I show. He'll give me honest feedback. Um, and what I like is like he's not a yes man. You know, he'll yeah. tell me something right off the jump if something's not good or if it's, if something's like you know, it has potential. Or it could be better, he'll tell me, you know? Yeah. And that's one of the, the like the best qualities of the group is that we're so honest with each other. And that's why we're able to pump out the best content.
0: And it's also good too because they're fellow artists, right? And they're able to give you more of a, a critical feet critical feedback from a professional standpoint. Whereas like a listener, it's from a consumer standpoint. So it's it's from the creator standpoint, from the cr- to the consumer standpoint. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Um and that, that's really solid, man. And that's you know, about you you don't regret not going with him earlier right like,
1: no i don't yeah. um partially because um i was able to be in a better like state of mind you know i had time to think about it mm-hmm. had time to grow had time to see what they were doing you know cuz i didn't want to jump into something and you know they didn't have uh, valuable assets right Right off the bat, they showed me who, like, what they were, what they were about, the environment, and, um, you know, everything immediately clicked. So I'm kind of glad that I took my time with it, and, and I was able to, because he, he told me right then and there, he said, well, um, the day I, I declined it, you know, he said, well, I'll always be, we'll always be here, you know, you can, we can still, I'll, like, I I'll link you to my engineer, which was Alonzo, and, um... Me and Alonzo have been working ever since. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history, honestly.
0: So it's like, it, it's understanding and respecting that
1: what's meant for you
0: will come when it's meant to come to you. You know what I'm saying? But at the same exact time, you have to be willing and open to accepting that when it does happen. You know, there, there are a lot of people who are presented with golden opportunities that th- it's literally what they wanted. And they turn it down and because they're, because they're cold to new opportunities or they're scared or they don't want to get out of their comfort yeah, zone, man.
1: You know, in, I... I th- someone told me, you know, not too long ago that if something is too comfortable if, or something feels too comfortable, it's bad for you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that, you know, that was a new concept for me. Immediately when he said that, I was just like, whoa, like that's deep. He said, you know, if something and he told me that uh, when he was, uh, he, uh, he was, uh, he was at a job. Or he was about to accept the job, rather, and, um, you know, the conditions wasn't anything that he was used to, and immediately he said as soon as he started overthinking that, boom, it's meant to be, because it's not something he's comfortable oh, with. Man. And that, I was just like, you know what, that makes a lot of sense, like, I'm, I'm gonna have to start, like, using that in my life. I need
0: to as well. That is, guys, if you're listening to this, this is one of those moments where you need to rewind the past two, two to three minutes and listen to that again. Um, that's a very powerful thing, man. And it's like me making this move out to Bakersfield. Uh, I had a lot of people, like my, my family. I didn't tell any of my family about about this move out here. And I literally the next day I left a note underneath my pillow. I left, yeah. I I will speak on I'll speak on this for a couple minutes. I've mentioned it here and there in pieces of content, but I was I, I reached a very dark place mentally. I wasn't sure what I was doing. I was like entrepreneurship is for me. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but like. I'm dealing with a very toxic environment, like living condition wise, like physically it was, it was toxic. Like it wasn't a good situation. I had a lot of stress. I'm trying to help people make money and I'm not making money myself. I'm trying to do all these different things. And I was, um, I had a flight out to, out, out to Los Angeles for VidCon. Um, and it was a round trip and I reached out to a friend of mine. His name is John. And I was like, John, I don't know what I'm about to do. I, I, I'm going to go take this round trip. I didn't even have the money for Ubers. Like I, I didn't have the money, money to take the Uber from the airport to the hotel or any of that stuff. And I was like, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like, I'm going to come back home. I'm going to be in the same exact situation I left. And I don't know what, what the next step of my life will be. I'll, will I have to get a job? Will I do anything? And I'm like, looking back now, I realized that I could have done exactly what I'm doing now there. It's just mentally, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. My environment wasn't ready. And that speaks to, I didn't realize just how powerful your environment truly is, whether it's good or bad. And he's like, Isaac, take the flight. Take the flight, go out there and don't fly home. He's like, you have, you know, I was telling him, I have connection to Bakersfield because I flew out to Bakersfield last year expecting to make a move. And he's like, fly out and don't fly back. Because I was telling him, I was like, I kind of wanted to give the middle finger to my family and go figure out the next step of my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't give them the middle finger, but I didn't tell anyone. I reached to a couple close friends of mine who I trust dearly, um, some older. All of them were actually older and then some other close friends who are my age. And I was like, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing and they're like, you know, do it, you know, trust follow your heart um, and, and man like That was the best decision I could have ever made, you know And that's why you need to have close people in your network Pe- because I, I used to think I'd be able to hold my own I'd be able to do everything myself, you know, I'm? oh, I'm, I you know, I'm able to I'm able to not that I know everything But I I was putting my willpower at such a high place in my life and I, I didn't realize how weak I truly was and so I'm so grateful for having those people in my, in my life because they were able to help me and pull me out of that dark situation and help open up these opportunities. And for that, I'm truly grateful. And, the, and if I had any other people in my circle, they'd be like, duh, dude, stay home. That's super risky. It could, it could go yeah. bad. I know I was on a phone call earlier today because now I've been in Bakersfield for two and a half months and I'm about to go fly to France, dude. I booked a one-way ticket. <laughs> and here I am and everyone in my life, like I've had some people be like, Isaac, that's super risky. I don't know about that. And then other people are like, dude, Go fucking do it. Go <laughs> What's fucking do it. crazy
1: is you literally were able to adapt that saying without even knowing it. It wasn't comfortable and you did it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it wasn't comfortable and you did it. And yeah. Look. And
0: look. And, yeah, no, man, and, and because of that, I'm, you know, again, truly grateful, truly humbled. Um. And, and that one saying that as soon as you have a glimpse of doubt or, you know – a sense of oh, I'm not sure go about that. That's it. that's all the more reason to go do it. Go for it. All the more reason to go do it, man. Go for it. And I know, like with this trip out to France, dude, I'm going to end up going to the UK. I'll probably go travel a whole bunch of different places. I mind. I might, I might never come back to the states, man. I <laughs> might go and take a flight in in six months from now and go live in Bali for the rest of my life or something. Who knows? Who knows? And guys, like if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if this college is right for me. I don't know if this business is right for me. Follow your heart and go do it. You know, I used to I used to think "follow your heart" was such a cliche cliche phrase, but I've realized that the cliches have the most meaning. And when it comes to following your heart, man, it's like trust the process, trust in yourself, know yes, what you're capable of, yes, and and go do it. Go do it. So
1: there's a whole world out there that we just gotta experience and see for ourselves. You know, no mm-hmm. one can no one can show you certain things. Certain things you just have to have your own personal experience with. Yes. Yes. And that's honestly. You live and you learn, man. You have to live yeah. you have to live the, the experiences yourself. Personal experience is honestly the key to everything. Once you experience things through your own eyes, you'll be able to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And that story will eventually be part of your story. And you'll be able to get more comfortable
0: as well, too, with the experiences. You cannot get comfortable if you've never experienced something.
1: And this all ties back into legacy. <sighs> <laughs>
0: Yo, we're on some next-level stuff today, man. I, I'm, I'm truly grateful that we're having this conversation right now. Um, it, it really does tie back to legacy, though, because if, you've never d- if you never do anything, if you never get out of your comfort zone, you're not going to have a legacy. I mean, you might have a legacy of, like, this is your Grandpa Joe. This is your Grandpa Ness. Lineage, yeah. Yeah, lineage, but, like, you don't have pictures of your great-great-great-grandparents hanging up in your yeah. house. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But I don't want to just be known in the family. I want to be known as, like, Someone who changed the world, who left an imprint, who made, who, who made the world a better place. And I have started to realize, man, and I was thinking about, my, thinking about this the other day, and I was like, why the hell are we experiencing the same exact issues our parents and grandparents had? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we, why are we dealing with the same exact things that they've, they've done? I want to be able to fix these things to give my future kids... A better world a better world to live in a better life not just i can make millions of dollars and have my i could literally go and disappear and raise my family in some remote part of the world and some like fortified island in the future something like that but i want to i want to literally be able to have my kids be in a better place be in a better world be in a more comfortable world be in a better environment be in and be all these different things again legacy you know and it's like you can you can set the dollar amount as high as you want, as low as you want, but as soon as you hit that dollar amount, what, what's driving you afterwards? Yeah, you know, and, and it's like the fame and the money and all that's great, but what 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 truly fulfills you? Yeah, what truly fulfills you? And music fulfills that for you, right? Kind of kind of fills in that for gap sure. in your heart.
1: For sure, fills in that fills in that gap. It also serves as like um, someone to talk to. It serves as your own personal shrink. Mm. Serves as your own um, Therapeutic Yeah, it's very therapeutic mm. Very, very therapeutic Music has gotten me through times Where I didn't think I was going to make it out of um, Not just physical, but mentally You know, I'd be in some mental I'd be going through some mental blocks And then Somehow I get inspired Make a song I'm able to translate my feelings yeah. Through the form of audio And it's literally To me, that's the best thing in the world Mm-hmm is the fact that I have a medium and I have something to go to whenever I feel bothered, Man. whenever I'm, I'm sad, whenever I'm happy. Whenever, if, if I'm having the time of my life, I can literally write it down do lyrics. It's almost like my personal journal, in a sense.
0: Right, right. You know I'm I, I can relate to that 100%. You know, entrepreneurship and stuff like this. I was I was talking to a friend of mine who I actually met in Bakersfield and she was like, "Isaac, like you you inspire so many people, you motivate so many people. Do you ever get lonely like yourself?" And and the, to to be honest, the the raw unfiltered truth is yes. It's so easy to motivate another person. It's so easy to inspire another person. Um but when it comes to inspiring yourself, that's when it can get get difficult, very difficult. Very very, difficult.
1: very, very and um, man, I can I can feel that so much. Yeah. Because making music, um, a perfect example is uh, my last on my last record before Faithfulness, um, All American Boys. Club, mm-hmm. Um, I had random people hitting me up on Twitter, telling me, "Oh, bro, this this project is so amazing. This helped me, right? Like, this this helped me. Yeah." And I'm just like, "Dang, like that helped you, but." You know, you don't mean this to sound selfish, but at the end of the day, what's going to help me, yeah. you know? Like, I'm able to give you this, this music, you know, but it's like, what really helps me? What helps me wake up? What keeps motivating me? And it's literally that, that impact. Mm-hmm. Having that impact is what motivates me. Being able to influence a generation is what motivates me. Being able to be the voice for people who don't have a voice. Motivates me.
0: You know, for me, um, oh man. This is this is this is going to going to take a turn and go and go super deep. Uh, but there have been times I was talking to again. I was talking to Victor. A lot of the people I mentioned in my podcast. The me, reason I mention them so much is because they're part of my circle, and that's the and that, that's the role that they play in my life. If I mention someone, that means that they play a big role. And I was telling him, I was like, man, I to be honest, there I've thought about you know taking this trip out to France and like literally dropping off the grid entirely. Never talking to anyone ever again and just completely disappearing and like doing some Batman Bruce Wayne type shit of going and and going along the Himalayas and all that stuff. But to me, dude, I would be I would literally be content with going and living a life in Taiwan or with the monks or in some crazy place or going to France and like kicking it in some cottage and just living my life and like living a very not not a humble life, but just living a life, you know, of in nature and stuff like that. You know, I'm not I'm not all for the luxuries and stuff like that. You know, I, I was in Boy Scouts for seven plus years of my life. I genuinely love being outdoors. I love being in nature because I realized that the small things in life are also the most precious. And the one thing that has kept me from doing that is realizing that there are people who need to hear my story, that there are people who need to hear the things I have to say or my experiences and the things I'm doing. You know, I, I had a friend of mine, his name is Josian and, uh, I was on a phone call with him about a month ago and he was like, Isaac, you inspired me to make the, make a move to California later this year or next year. He's like, because you took that leap of faith. And I'm like, hold up. What? <laughs> and then there's a shout out to Aruba shout out to promise, um, promise roads. If you're listening to this, there are various people who literally are making tweets about me or mentioning me. And I'm I've never met these people in person, but I'm, I'm being such an inspiration to them that they're taking time out of their day to tweet about me or to make a graphic or to mention me in a podcast Or to say that, thank you for doing this. Thank you for Team Legacy. Team Legacy is already, it's on autopilot right now. I could step away and it would still grow. And it's so humbling to me because I'm like, this is the reason why I have to push forward no matter how deep, how dark times will get. This is the reason I have to keep going because there are people who are looking to you. There are people who are looking to you to make music. There are people who are looking to me to be a voice for the people who don't have the voice or people who are not willing to be that voice. And I've realized, like the story, like there, there are aspects of my story that I that I won't mention until down the line. But that's going to take the take everything to another level of, holy crap! This is something to respect. This is something to look up to, and it's so just it's it's crazy, man. It it genuinely is. And and for music, for example, it's like, you never know that one song that could that could help a person get themselves out of suicide.
1: Same. I
0: remember I went through a very dark time man, I did not expect to go down this road, but this, this is the type of conversation that's, that, that means the most. And I remember going through such a dark time when I was younger, and I always looked to music as a coping mechanism. Now, given it wasn't the best music to look to, I was looking to like some emo, screamo, depressing stuff, but that was my coping mechanism. And as I've been through more times, you know, I listened to, I listened to a lot of hip hop because of the stories, because of the messages that they have. And music, music has always been a big part of human. Humans, human nature, because it, it triggers emotion. Humans are very emotional beings. And no matter what, it's the same thing as it's a spiritual experience almost. That music enables us to feel a certain way. You know, if you listen to Young Jeezy, you want to rob a bank. If you listen to Miley Cyrus or, you know, or, or Baby Rexler or something like that, you want to have an entirely different emotion. You know what I'm saying? And, and what type of emotion do you try to convey in your music? Or does it really vary? Like, how do you want people to feel when they listen to your music?
1: It varies, but for the most part, since I go to music to vent, I would like to, for people to be in an emotional state when they listen to my okay. music. Okay. Not necessarily. Well, in a way, I've always said this. It's going to sound kind of bad, but I've always wanted to make a song that someone can cry to. Nothing like, wrong with that. Like, literally, because I feel like if you really, really feel a song emotionally, you'll break down and cry. And mm-hmm. Till this day, I I have yet to you know fully make that, but there's gonna be a time where I make that song that'll make the toughest. What song makes you cry? What song makes me cry? I don't I don't know if I've ever like sat down and broke down, but
0: or shed a tear, just get into another emotional state of like.
1: I do remember when I was going through a bad a bad breakup with my ex, I would put on um, I'd put on the weekend. And yeah, That's like the go to for a lot of people. I'd, I'd cry to that. <laughs> I'd cry, or I'd put on. i put on um Lana Del Rey. and I'd cry to that. Okay,
0: okay. You know, for me, it's it's Victory Lab by Nipsey Hustle. Mm. because the way he starts off that album, and I, I was a Nipsey fan before his passing. I didn't get into his music until 2018, um, and it was it was really it was Victory Victory Lab, Just the overall way it sounds. The way the, the, you know, the, the female and the, and the voice acting or the voice work and stuff like that. And that, that's always made me very emotional. Um, there are other songs too that I, I can't name off the top of my head. But every single time I listen to them, I just get get chills. You right. know, I get, I get in like – or it takes me back to a certain time. You know, it takes me back to a certain time like riding the school bus to school or something like that. Like, you know, the throwbacks and stuff like that. And you just get shivers and you're like, holy crap. Like, yeah. And that serves as a reminder of how far you've come. You know, like if you really stop and think about how far you, you you've come from the time that you started. And – it, we get so caught up in the grind, we get so caught up in the now, we get so caught up in the tomorrow, we fail to remember that we have come a long way. But that doesn't mean that we dwell and we stop and like we, we, we stop and focus on yesterday, but we respect that. We respect how far we've come, we, we respect right. the accomplishments, and we use that as a driving force of like, this is what I did yesterday, but now that I have more experiences, yeah. this is what I can do today and to, to make a better tomorrow.
1: You respect the lessons of yesterday to impact that change for tomorrow.
0: Repeat that again. Go ahead and go say that one, <laughs> one or two more times.
1: <laughs> I might have forgot it already. Oh, shoot. <laughs> you respect the lessons of yesterday to impact that change for tomorrow. So whatever you learned yesterday, you use that, you adapt that in your life to create a positive impact on your environment for the next day mm-hmm. the days to come. You know, it's, it's literally, it's crazy because literally all of this is tied into legacy, but um, that's literally what Tupac wanted. You know, he literally wanted, that's what Martin Luther King wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted, they wanted to be that...
0: Catalyst for change. They
1: wanted to be the jet fuel. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily want to be at, because looking at it, I guarantee you, Martin Luther King didn't want to be at the forefront, but he he just knew that he had to be that voice. Yeah, he had Tupac, to get, Yeah, yeah. Tupac didn't necessarily probably want to be at the forefront, but he had to be that voice.
0: That speaks to leadership. Leader, the, the overall, I remember I've, uh, I've, I've, made, I've made a mistake or two out here in Bakersfield in the past <laughs> couple of months You know, as, as learning experiences and stuff like that. I'm not going into de- detail as what that is. And I remember um, I messaged a friend. I messaged a couple friends. I messaged, messaged Zane Campbell, um, a good friend of mine from Ohio, and I messaged Kevin, Kevin McDonald. He, him and I have been friends since middle school. And both of them basically told me the same exact thing. And they're like, Isaac, you're better than that, and be a leader, you're a leader, leader, leader. And ever since that text, dude, and that also speaks to having good people who you can trust on, um, on a deeper level too, of like, as brother to brother, you know what I'm saying? There's a difference between an acquaintance to an acquaintance, a friend and a friend, and a brother and a brother, or sister and a sister, or sister to a brother. And there's a big difference with that. And ever since that time, the one phrase that has been stuck in my head is leader. What can I do to lead? And MLK, Tupac, they, they, they understood that there was a, a gap that needed to be filled. They, they might not have wanted to, but they understood that they had to step up and take that place.
1: Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: And, and whether that's through music, whether that's through entrepreneurship, whether that's through a message, you know, a change or a, a belief that needs to be instilled, um, a cause, whatever it might be. And it's like, you have to respect that. You have to respect that. Even though, even if you disagree with a certain, like not getting into politics or anything like that, even if you disagree, you have to respect what they're doing.
1: Exactly. And my dad always, my dad always told me, that's one of the things he's instilled in me lately. I mean, we disagree a lot. We butt heads a lot. But one of the things that he instilled in me is just that everyone has the ability to lead, but not so many people have the courage to actually get up and do it. Right. And the people that, don't have the courage doesn't necessarily mean that they'll never be leaders but the fact that they didn't step up and take that opportunity when it presented itself speaks volumes about their character and those that do take that risk will see way more rewards Mm -hmm. from it and my dad always told me you know be a leader not a follower and recently that that just it's been instilled in my head you know be a leader not a follower so if if Leading is an unpopular thing to do, just do it. If you're not comfortable with it, go for it. All the more reason yeah. to go for it. My mom
0: always had, my mom had a magnet on the fridge. It's still up there to this day. And the magnet basically says, stay true to thine own self. You know, that's, that's a verse in the Bible I don't, don't know off the top of my head. But, um, and it was her, her, one of her teachers gave it to her. And it was a magnet. And it's basically a magnet of a fish. There, there are a bunch of fish swimming one way, in one direction, and there's this one purple fish that is swimming in the opposite direction. And it's about you have to pave your own direction. You have to choose what direction you want to go in, man. The
1: road less traveled.
0: Yeah, yeah, the road less traveled. And one of the things, again, this ties back to legacy, man. Like, I'm afraid of getting to a point looking back over life. And this is something I've been thinking about over the past couple of days. And I'm like, I'm 19 and I'm having these thoughts, dude. I'm like, is something wrong with me? You know, like literally having these thoughts. But it's, I'm afraid of not living up to my potential, I'm not yeah. doing the best that I can do today. Yeah. I don't want to be on my deathbed and be like, man, I should have I flew to France, man. I should have made that move to Bakersfield. Funny, I should have done this.
1: That, that I think about that all the time, and I don't know if that's something I should necessarily be thinking about, but...
0: I think it is. I think, I think it's really what makes people stand out from, from the crowd. You know, the, the leaders from the followers, the people who are you know, going to, to be big influences in, in the music industry. You know, you think about the people who have the most influence are the people who stand out the most. The
1: spectators versus the doers. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, You, that, you know. The, I, I just, I need to take a step back to think about this because we always use the analogy of people running a race, right? They run a race. Why, why would you be on the spectator? Why don't you run that race too? You know what I'm saying? It's laziness.
1: Why be on the outside looking in when you can partake on everything that's going on?
0: That's why it's so exhilarating for me. Cause I'm like, what can I do? I have so many different passions and so many different things that I want to get done, man. And like, As much as I want to do as much as I love doing this this trip to France, as much as I love, you know, everything else and all the different places I could go, I also see the potential here locally in Bakersfield. I'm like, oh my God, this is like a playground. Like what man, I could I could get some things done. I can get some things going.
1: It's a it's a nice hub of everything. You know, but it's just so much untapped potential. Right. And not enough people looking to use that potential to their benefit.
0: You have to unlock that.
1: You do. You, know? have to
0: that. you have to unlock that. And, and the only person who can unlock that is yourself. You know, you can have an, everyone around you trying to like, they, they're literally giving you the tools. This is something, something, um, you know, a friend of mine, Zach uh, said, and he's like, you can give the tools to everyone, but it's like, you can, you can literally tell, like teach the person lay the blueprint. Like you're building a cabinet, you're building a cabinet, but if you don't pick up the hammer and you don't pick up the screwdriver, it doesn't really matter. You have to make use of the tools that you're given. And I'll, everyone – like I could give you the tools. Like I, I, know, I know I've done coaching calls, paid calls by the way. People who are looking for my advice on social media, I literally tell them everything that they need to do and yeah. they don't do it. And I'm like,
1: what? what? But in a way, it's not necessarily about having the tools. It's just about having the will to actually do it.
0: Or making the tools at that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There are some, some circumstances where you won't have the tools but you have to find a way. Exactly. You have exactly. to find a way to do that. You
1: have to, have to, to find that. a way to do it. Mm-hmm. 'Cause right now I can give I can give you a hammer, I can give you some nails, I can give you a blueprint. But if you're not actually willing to build the foundation, what's the point? You gotta
0: put in the work. You gotta put in the work. Yeah, there's no shortcut around work, is there? There's no shortcut. No.
1: The only way you get the shortcut is if you've done it for so long that you know the easy way to get it done. And that comes with preparation. That
0: speaks to uh Unconscious competence there's there's this concept. Uh, I, I it's it's based out of Napoleon Hill's thinking of rich um, There's an audio by Kevin Trudeau uh, That I was listening to and Bob Proctor. He's he's one of the greatest gurus He's been studying the law of attraction and think of rich by Napoleon Hill for over 50 years longer than both of us Have been alive <laughs> and something that they, they mention is unconscious competition competence and conscious competence and one of them is like understanding that you're doing something, understanding that you're doing an action, that you're competent to do something. And the other is not even recognizing that you're doing it, but you're already doing it. So a lot of people who are successful, there are some people who, who become successful without even like knowing how they became successful, that like just automatically, that, that just did it. You know, they, they acted a certain way, they were raised a certain way, those influences guided them in a certain way. And there are other people who have to consciously be aware of the actions that they're taking. And that's like, the, that's the place that you and I are in right now. We're conscious about what we're doing. And and we're we're understanding that we're going and doing these specific actions
1: to get a certain result. Exactly, I love that so much um, because I like being aware, and I like being aware for this specific reason. Because if I, you see that I'm putting in the work now, if I get there, just know that it wasn't on accident. Yeah, this was this was pre-planned. This was destiny. I put in some this amount of hours, and I'm getting results. You know, so like it's nothing is by accident. Everything is by choice.
0: Do you believe free will versus fate? What's your thought on this? I had someone ask me this the other day, which is the only reason it's on, on my mind. <laughs>
1: um, I don't really know, honestly. That's like honestly the first time I've ever
0: heard that. Yeah, it's something to think about though. You know, Definitely. it's like I, I believe that every single action that we take basically splits like I'm not talking about parallel timelines and all this other thing, but what we we could go and our life could be one thing or it could be the other thing. You know, it's like you're you're constantly going down this road of crossroads. Which which road are you want to take? It's like a highway system, man. And I've realized that every single action that I have will have a consequence, for the better, for the worse, for the great. You know, um, but that's the only way that we can ever find out is if we do it.
1: Even the ones that benefit you the most have a consequence. Yeah. Everything has consequence. Yeah, which is amazing,
0: dude. Me me po- or Andrew putting that song on the radio had a consequence that consequence was me reaching out to you. That consequence was you and Andrew now getting connected and us having this interview right now. Everything, you know, and, and I feel like consequence is like normally used in a negative connotation, but it's also positive. It is. It's positive, it is. Speaks, it is. speaks to perspective and, and stuff like that. So man, um, I, mean, I, I could open up so many cans of worms, but so we get this in there, you have an upcoming EP that is coming out. Take a couple minutes to talk about that before we go and, t- and go on another tirade. Yes,
1: sir. Um, the EP is called "Die in Paradise." It's a collaborative effort between me and um, a local artist, Brandon Johnson. Uh, we actually met through the strength of a mutual friend, um, and I've I've seen him grow over the years. You know, I've been wanting to work with him for. I had the email literally where it was like back in 20, 2013. I emailed him, like, let's work. I I think I sent him, like, a couple of beats. And I don't know if he ever responded. But um, years later, here we are, and we link up for the first time. Right off the bat, he's a genuine dude. We ended up becoming really close. Like, that's one of my closest friends now. And, you know, we ended up making a whole project together. And, um, yeah, so Dying Paradise essentially is... It doesn't overstate. It's welcome. It's under thirty minutes. Um. I was able to bring, I was able to bring a West Coast flavor to my pop sound, and I was super grateful to have Brandon, you know, get into my world, and then him, um, jumping on songs with pop elements to it, and also we were able to influence uh, or infuse West Coast West Coast pop with my R and B style, so I think it's a it's gonna be a good listen. Um if you're a fan of my music, you'll love it. If you're a fan of Brandon's music, you'll you'll enjoy it. I think it's it's a good mixture of a lot of different styles, you know, for everyone's taste. So um yeah. I'm uh, excited. I'm excited as well. I'm excited as well because I feel like it's a new chapter for both of us. Mm-hmm. And it's a good it's a good um standing point in our careers right now, you know. Before things, you know Fully take off. We can reflect back on it right. as an experience that we both shared, and like as a moment in both of our careers.
0: I love how you said before it takes off because you're you're planning for it to take off. You know that it's going to take off. Now, now speak. Like, what's the meaning behind
1: the name? So, die in paradise, man. Um, literally, one day I was at my producer T Max house. Uh, we were just we were just cooking up beats. We were just throwing uh, some samples together, chopping some things Mm -hmm. up. And uh, it was after I made the song called NPR, which stands for Money, Power, and Respect. um, Pop Smoke has a song called that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, That was one of the first songs that me and Brandon recorded together. And as soon as we recorded that song, the chemistry that we had, and mind you, this was our first time meeting each other. The chemistry that we had already off the bat, I was like, "Yo, I want to, I want to yeah. keep working with this dude." Like, yeah. and so literally, we linked up again. We made like three songs in a span of like two hours, and we just—it was just instant. The vibes were just there, and you know, I hit him up one day, and I'm like, "Bro, we should make a tape." I don't know how many songs we 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 gonna we're gonna put on this well, thing. Let's make a tape. Let's make a tape. And mind you, I said that back in. February I believe because I was still working on Faithfulness he was still working on his fantastic project. album I appreciate it he was still working on Alien on Earth his, his, um, his album and throughout all of that there were times where we weren't even we weren't even like working because we were so busy but yet we stuck to the vision that we had at first about making the an EP and I'm just excited that it's finally coming out
0: yeah it's not a matter of how long it takes as long as it happens you as know what I'm as saying as long as the music is good right yeah for sure for sure I know like there there's some albums that that've not come out that a lot of people are waiting for but as long as it comes out that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Um man, I'm excited. I'm excited to listen to this too. Um by the time this episode drops, it'll actually I'm I'm going to drop it probably a week before okay, your tape yeah. comes out. It, so um,
1: the the next single will be out. Next single All Star Weekend it drops uh next Friday. Okay. Um love that song. Uh and it's funny because you know, most of the time when I'm working on a project or just anything, I'll play the songs to death and get tired of them really fast.
0: Really? But um, does that like pressure you into moving and creating new things to, to get tired of or what? For sure. <laughs> I but like that. Okay.
1: What was so different about this project was as many times as I've, as I've played the records, I've never got tired of them. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I just haven't chemistry. That's what it is. Not, not only chemistry, but it's,
0: it's energy, right? It's, it's energy, you know? And a lot of people get, it gets loosely thrown around, like speak it into existence. Like that's a phrase that I love, but people throw it around loosely and they really don't know anything about it. Um, and I mean, I barely know enough about it. Like I know more than some people I don't know, you know, again, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Um, but that's energy when you have a good energy with a person like that's the re- reason we're able to have a long conversation like this man like this podcast is over an hour this is this is going to surpass the podcast I had with Andrew because of energy because of energy. vibes because of chemistry
1: yeah.
0: um and some people just you know I've done inter- interviews with some people I've had conversations with other people and I'm like how quickly can I end this like because there's just not good energy <laughs> yeah. um but you as a mu- musician stuff like that chemistry and energy is what creates music, and, like, music oh, is nice. art. Damn music good. is art. Yeah. And there's some people, there's a song by, like, it was a song with, what was it? It was on, I think it was Cowboy's album. Um, I love him.
1: I love him. And he had him. Meek,
0: but he had Meek Mill on the, on the track, and their okay. track really sucked, just because they, you, you, there was no chemistry. I, I believe, I believe those are the two artists, but there's just one, one feature that Meek was on, I just, everything felt off, because it just, they didn't, they didn't mix. Yeah. They didn't mix, and you're able to tell that. But when that when that chemistry is good, it's almost like Drake and Lil Wayne. You can tell it; they get they yeah, get along great, it, for man.
1: Sure.
0: Um, and I'm I'm excited to hear this, man. I'm over here. I'm like itching. I'm like I, I want to hear yeah. this.
1: Um, well, real quick, back to what you were saying about chemistry. Um, one of the things that I hold very high in my music, um, something that I wasn't open to in the past couple of years, but um, now I'm I love I love it. Is the collaboration aspect. Um, I always said that if I get a big feature, if I get someone, you know, that's Above me, um, in another city or however or whatever, um, even if I'm not physically present with that person, I want to make sure that the song tailors to both of us. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever want to sacrifice the art for the sake of a good song, mm-hmm. or sacrifice the song for the sake of a big feature. And it all goes with um, with energy, you know, and, and chemistry. I don't necessarily have to have chemistry with somebody, but if they bring energy, if they bring that, if they match my energy on the song. It's gonna do well. Right. No matter what. It's just energy. Sometimes energy is more important than chemistry, but you know. You don't wanna
0: force anything. You don't wanna,
1: yeah, exactly. You don't ever wanna force something because right away when you force something, somebody on the outside can tell that it's forced.
0: And this is, this is good. This is good. Guys, another, another part, Replayed the past two minutes. Ness is over here spitting some straight facts. That you is can, the.
1: You can always tell when it's forced because number one, a lot of artists, Set their feature price so high, because, to a sense, some artists live off of you know, selling their features, right. um, which isn't a bad thing. But it becomes a problem when you're no longer doing it for the art. You're in it for the money, and you can always tell based off the quality of the verse or based off the quality of what you get in return. Right. Um, it's just always apparent, and that's one of the things that I always said that I would never do. No matter how I feel about the song, I will always give you my 100% effort, mm-hmm. 110 at that. Like, I have to because I just love the music so much. Like,
0: when you blow up, let's say there's this one there, there's this one kid who's like just fresh out the gate. Like he he's he's in the position that you are in right now. Whenever you're, when you when whenever you blow up, you're going to be that type of dude where like, yo, hop on this track. You you want to be that type of guy, right? If the if the energy is right, no matter what status they're at, you want you
1: want you know in the future, I would love to have my own label. Okay. I, I always said that. I I want to help develop artists. So, in the future, I want to find a way whatever wherever I'm at in my career to use my platform to help bring up younger artists. Shit, I might even come back to Bakersfield and find a diamond in the rough and help develop him because I, I feel like there's potential everywhere. It's yeah. not just it's not just in LA, it's not just in Florida, it's not just in, you know, wherever, but it's everywhere. It's literally,
0: everywhere. literally. Yeah, I I'm, I'm working with this one artist um and he's based out of Indiana and he's in this one town I've never heard of. And I'm like, "What?" And he he's literally he was born and raised in the city. And I'm like, "Okay, well, I mean, you got talent, you got skills, so let's work, let's work. It's, it doesn't matter where you're from. You don't, have to, you, don't, you don't have to be in LA or Miami to, to make money, to make connections. I mean, obviously oh. some places, some places you're gonna be able to get better connections just because that's where, they at, where, where the money's yeah. at, but you don't have to literally move. Everyone's like, I gotta move to LA to make my dreams happen. No, oh. you don't. Make it happen where you're at now. Yeah. Me, I moved from a place that I had more of an advantage over in Jacksonville with like just overall, like economically, the scene and everything, I had more of an advantage there than I did here, but I made the advantage here. I, I made it work here, and it's working out better than I could have ever expected, man. So
1: when is the tape dropping? <clears throat> the tape will drop um, October 11th, I believe. October yes. 11th. October okay.
0: 11th. All right. Well, guys, I will make sure to go ahead and put the links to, all, to, to his project um, whenever it drops and stuff. I mean, get that taken care of, of course. Are there any like other gyms that that you want to drop because I feel like you're you're on the edge of your seat just like I want to say something. What 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 do you want?
1: Um man, um uh, recently I made I made this big move in my life in my career. Um I decided to leave my former clothing company called Wax Worldwide and I've decided to fully transition into putting my energy into a new brand called Tony Floyd. Um and what Tony Floyd essentially is gonna be is it's gonna be a clothing brand, of course, but what I really wanted to focus on was um, being very innovative. And um, I take the same approach in music. I like to be forward-thinking. Mm-hmm. And our slogan is um, living in the progressive form. So it's, yeah, it, it has it has a lot of meaning behind. mind. That's and, deep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's uh, living in the progressive form, you know. Um, Consistently, consistently adapting not even just adapting you know being the forward thinker being the outsider being that person that oh you're wearing you're wearing that like I've never seen anyone wear that but being the first person to do it and having others follow so living in the progressive form no matter what you do you should always think that. ahead I love that you should always think ahead and that's what I want that to represent
0: and I'm excited to see what you do with that. I'm excited to do that. I'm
1: excited. So, as what well. what
0: made you do the transition from Wax Worldwide to Tony Tony Floyd?
1: What made me do the transition? Um, honestly, I had the name Tony Floyd. I, I I wrote that name down about three years ago. Um, originally, when I was making the change as far as my artist name, that was one of the names I came up with. But I just loved that name. It stuck with me. Mm-hmm. It, it it stuck with me for three years. Um, and I didn't want it to be my artist name you know I, I wanted my artist name to be true to myself which is why it's next Julius you know Julius is my little name I wanted to you know keep that mm-hmm. um, but man Tony Floyd I always knew that I wanted it to be something big at the time that's when I first developed Wax and um, you know Wax the name Wax everyone associates it with with uh, weed but I mean I I originally got the name Wax Worldwide from the term on wax, which is what um people used to say when things were you know recorded mm-hmm. or, or even in music. It was a real popular term back in I, I can't even remember when I, th- I want to say like the eighties, 80s, eighties, the 80s, yeah. Um, with disc jockeys, and um, I always thought that was so cool because I was really in tune with with just music as a whole, and I really loved to learn about it and. That's why I called it Wax Worldwide because I wanted it to be, you know, everywhere worldwide. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very glad of what it what it taught me as far as the business side of things. Um, really glad of, of what it taught me creatively. Taught me, um, you know, how to how to think better, and also it taught me leadership. And um, you know, no matter what, moving forward. It'll always hold a place in my heart. The guys over at Wax, we're like we're brothers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my guys. I'll always support them no matter what. I'll continue to collaborate with them. We'll continue to work. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful. It was a, ste- it was a stepping stone Definitely in the journey, though. Definitely a stepping yeah. stone. Yeah. yeah,
0: and now this is taking you over to Tony Floyd and, and bigger and better things, man. Which I'm excited to see what you do with that. Now,
1: yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm am I'm, I'm excited as well. Yeah, I'm super. <laughs> Honestly for the, like I I don't know, I I think we, we might have talked about it before we started the podcast. I'm super stoked. I'm, this is probably the most excited I've been in a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, so I feel like I'm about to embark on this amazing journey.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well and, and the journey is like, again, you had to force yourself to make this this decision. You know, you had you, you chose to do this. You could have easily stayed with Wax Worldwide, but you, you felt your heart pulling in a different direction. And Definitely. and you made it you made it happen, you know, you took that leap.
1: Yep, I, I had I had to. In, in a sense I felt like I had no choice because I wanted to do something that I wasn't comfortable with doing and I knew that if I took this leap of faith, if I took this next step. I knew that right off the bat, what I was getting myself into, I knew that, you know, <laughs> things could go completely left. You know, I could leave wax and, you know, Tony Floyd may, may not take off the way that I want it to, but I also know what it can be. And I have so much faith in it that at this point, there's so much driving this force that it's impossible for me to lose. Right. It's My ambition is going to carry me to... A point where I've never been before, you know, and I truly believe that. And it's, it's this great feeling because it's almost like I'm letting the wind take me wherever it's gonna take me. But I just know that wherever it takes me is gonna be a good point. It's gonna be the right direction. It's gonna be the right. Direction. It's gonna be the
0: right direction. Well, man, Ness, I've really enjoyed this interview. Um, it's over an hour and a half long, which is freaking amazing. I love it. I love it. And I know we could we can continue talking for another half hour, two hours, if we really wanted to, but. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, man. I want to start asking my guests and, and, and the people I have on one question at the very end, the closing question: What's your legacy?
1: Yeah, or what? What would you want your legacy to be? Yeah, like what? What? Yeah, like what's that? What's that thing that you want to be remembered by? Right. What is that for you? For me, I always said that I wanna, I wanna dabble in every little creative thing that I can. But honestly, what I want to be remembered by is. Being, that, being the voice for people who don't necessarily have a voice, being, like I said, the forward thinker, teaching people how to continue to develop, continue to learn, mm-hmm. because knowledge is everything. Knowledge is power. I truly believe that You know, you can take a concept from yesterday, implement it in your life today, and change the world for a better tomorrow. I feel like applied knowledge is power exactly if you don't apply it you can have all the knowledge in the world but
0: if you don't apply it then what's the point you know, what's the point
1: well what's Ness
0: it? yeah well, well man where can people find you
1: you can follow me on Twitter on Instagram it's Ness Julius how uh, do you spell that for people who don't know <laughs> Ness Julius <laughs> N-E-S-S J-U-L-I-U-S um, follow me on Twitter follow me on Instagram also follow my brand Tony Floyd it's um, T-O-N-Y-E F L O Y D E um, at Tony Floyd on Twitter and Instagram, and also follow Wax Worldwide. Um, just because I'm no longer with them doesn't mean that I'm not fully supporting them, you know? Those, Part of the journey. Part of the journey, man. Those are my guys. So, yeah, go, go ahead, give them a follow, show them some love, support them in all their endeavors. I love those guys to death. Without them, there would be no Tony Floyd. And without. Without them, there would be, there would, there would be no Ness Julius, so I'm, I completely, 100% appreciate them.
0: All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. If you have gotten to this point... You're freaking amazing, and I want to know that you got to this point. So reach out to me. I'll make sure to show you some love on Twitter, show you some love on social media. Let me know that you listened to the entire thing through. Give you a shout-out. Um, and, guys, you know as always, successful for us. To make sure to find me on social media um, at Isaac Mashman everywhere and to go to my website, IsaacMashman.com. And to support the Hustler's Choice podcast, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. That would mean the world to me because that will mean that it will help me grow, help the podcast grow, which means more guests, more content, more value, and just overall more things. So with that being said, guys, success before rest and uh, enjoy life.